Well, we've been in our series, Who Does God Bless? And we're finishing it up today with uh, the final one. Save this one for last. Uh, it's the shortest one. Um, I understand you have little kids with you and everything, and I've been that parent, so I'm not going to go long. But I'm going to talk to you something very, very, very important. I want everybody to turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It is a celebration of God's word. It is, um, it is hundreds of verses long about how good God's word is, how much King David, he who wrote this, loved the word of God, how it had protected him, how it had guided him, how it became more valuable to him than gold. That's what Psalm 119 is all about. We're going to be there today. Um, the main thing today is this, that those who love God's word will walk securely through life. All right, Psalm 119, verse 20 through 24 says this. Okay, follow, follow along with me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statues. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. My prayer for all of you all today would be for that to be your statement as well, that the word of God, the things that the word of God says, the Bible says, are your counselors. Those things, those, those roadblocks, uh, road signs, road guards that God has set up for us are our counselors as we walk through life. Um, I found this out. Those who love God's word, don't not just kind of follow it or think about it, people who love it, who cherish it, have three things in common. One is that they understand the world through scripture, not the opposite. Okay? We understand the world through scripture, not the opposite. We don't understand scripture through the world. We understand the world through scripture. And, and so how do you understand the world? Do you say, well, that doesn't line up with scripture? Or do you say, well, Scripture doesn't line up with that? Because we have to get this straight. Um, there's, a, there's a sizable chunk of the church that thinks when the world and Scripture are in conflict, the Scripture needs to change. They need to get with the times. Needs to change. Needs to become, up, we need to adapt it. We need to change it to fit with what we are looking at in the world today. There's a sizable chunk of people that say that. For example, I was discussing the recent economy with a friend of mine. A friend of mine is a pastor here in town, great guy, love him to death. Um, and uh, I've, I've never seen an economy like this one. I've, I've talked to many people who are older than me who lived during the 80s and during the everything. They've never seen an economy like this before, uh, really. Um, and we were discussing the recent removal of work requirements by our, our, our new governor <clears throat> for able-bodied people who are 18 to 49 uh, to receive welfare. You used to, you used to have to volunteer 20 hours a week. You had to, you know, rake leaves or you had to uh, serve at a food kitchen or something in order to get your welfare benefits. This was for able-bodied people 18 to 49 years old. And I, I thought it was a good thing. I've always, I've, I've always been someone that encourages work and everything. And he, was, he did not like that. I said, I think it's perfectly fine to require work, to receive something. I mean, I, I work for what I have, and most of you work for what you have and, and everything. And, and if you're able-bodied and you're between 18 and 49 years old, you know, uh, and, and he replied this. He said, well, you don't know what these people have been through. Um, etc. He, he, he was, you know, being very sympathetic. And I said, well, what about 2 Thessalonians 3.10, I said, that says, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
That's what scripture says. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Paul was addressing a specific situation in Thessalonica where everyone was sitting around doing no work, expecting the church to supply, supply, supply for them. And he said, listen here, uh, if you don't work, you don't eat. And, and, and this is what this minister said, and I quote, he said, that's so mean. This is a minister of the gospel. And he said some things about people going through traumatic experiences. We need to be compassionate all that. And, and, and I understand that. And I said this. I said, but this is God's word we're talking about. I said, don't you think that God would understand these people's past and, and, and the traumatic experiences that we go through? Don't you think that God would understand that and factor that? He wouldn't make that kind of command without factoring that in? Don't you think that God's word would, 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 would factor those things in? And, and, and I said, you don't think that a person who's had a, a, a rough childhood or recovering from substance abuse or, or, or whatever, you know, can, you know, hold a rake and rake leaves out in front of a building or pick up trash on the highway? You don't think that, that, that they, they're capable of doing that? And, and he, just, he, he just basically said, no, that, that, that is not applicable to our day and time. And so what he was doing, he was looking at the world and saying, Scripture needs to change. Well, people that love the Word of God look at Scripture and says, no, the world needs to change. We don't change Scripture to fit the goings-on of today. We, go, we, we say Scripture is this, and we try to change the world to adapt to that. That's, that's what someone who loves the Word of God does. And all over, all over the world, we see people trying to change God's word to, to make it fit with today. Guys, we don't do that. That's not someone who loves the word of God. That's someone who loves the world and takes the world as the given and tries to fit scripture into it. It doesn't work that way. The second thing that, uh, that, that we see with people who love the God's word is this. They see God's word as the best way to live. And this, this, is, this is true, people. The people who love the word of God see God's word as the best way to live. Psalm 119, 92 through 93. I love this. He said, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. There are stories in this room right now of people who have almost, if not completely, destroyed their lives by wandering away from Scripture. And, and they have come back and they have found that God's way is the best way. Can I get an amen? Um, I mean, amen. We aren't just talking about people who follow the Word of God. We're talking about people who love the Word of God. Who is it who sees it as a treasure, as infinitely valuable, as something it's just delighting in? Why, be, why, why, do, we, why do we love the Word of God? Well, this is why. Because we love the author. Because we love the author. You cannot separate God and his Bible. You cannot separate the two. You can't say, well, I love God. I just, I just don't like what it says in Scripture. No. God's word is from God. They, they are one and the same. And guys, if we love the Lord, we will love his word. If we love the word, we will love God. That's it. If you don't love God's word, you might want to examine how you feel about the author. If the Bible is something that you just don't like, you just don't really like spending time in it, you don't like what it says, you might want to check how you feel about the author because how you feel about God's word, a lot of times, is an indication how you feel towards God. The one who loves God's words, the one who loves God, you can't do one without the other. And I'm telling you, it's the best way to live. If you guys turn to uh, Psalm uh, 119.104, he says this, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Hang on. 
Did he just say that? It says, I hate every wrong path. How many parents we got in here? Got parents? How many parents we got in here? All right. Um, how many of you all would, that are not parents would like to be parents one of these days? Uh, I, I, being a parent's great. Here's, here's a question for you. How many of you parents would like your children not only to avoid wrong paths, but to actively hate them? Actively hate, the, absolutely. Well, what, what do we do? We teach our kids to love the word of God. Teach our kids to love the word of God, and therefore they will hate every wrong path. Not just avoid it, but hate it. Uh, you love the word of God. You gain understanding from his word. You start hating every wrong path, and then you pass it on to your kids. That's it. I cannot find in God's word a single command that if followed would ruin me. Ruin me. I've said that many times. I will say it till I'm, till, till I'm blue in the face, until everybody hears it, that I cannot find a single command in the word of God that if followed would ruin me. Not one. Not a single solitary one. The person who follows God's commands about finances We'll do very well in this world. How many of you all have ever looked at what God's word says about finance, about money management, about staying out of debt, about saving, about investing, about thinking? Two generations down the road, the Bible says that a good man or woman leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Thinks, we're called to speak, think two generations down the road about money. We do that, we will do very, very well. Person who follows God's commands about sexuality, celibacy and singleness, and fidelity in marriage will enjoy the blessings of spouse and children without the string of bitter exes uh, in, in their past and all the drama that comes with that. The person who follows God's commands on honesty will never be without a job or friends. I could go on and on and on. The one who loves the word of God is a blessed, blessed person. Psalm 119, 165 to 166 says this, and I love this. I, I, this. This is it, you guys. This is it. This is what most of us want. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. Look what God blesses those who love his word with peace. Peace. In a world full of anxiety, and stress and turmoil and division, God says, you follow my word and you will live at peace. You can look around you at the division, the hysteria, the emotionalism, the uncertainty. It doesn't faze you. Why? Because great peace has those who love God's law. You know, a week ago, uh, a few weeks ago, John and I were in here. We usually have a laptop computer. We were working on the this, on this service, uh, um, and we were getting some things together. And we were facing this way. And all of a sudden, we hear the door open, and I hear this, gentlemen, very commanding, authoritative voice. And I thought to myself, I'm the authority around here. Who dares talk to me about that, so, you know, in, this, in, in my house? Turn around, it's a police officer. And I said, okay, hmm. And I think he was kind of surprised that we didn't run. We were just, we kind of stood, stood there, kind of like, oh, hey, how you doing? And he goes, um, uh, can I see some ID? Well, that's, John and I kind of look at each other, and it's kind of odd. And I, mean, I said, my wallet's in the car. If you want me to go get it, I will. And uh, he looked even a little, little at us kind of strange. And... Uh, Found out, he said, uh, there's an alarm going off. Do you guys know there's an alarm going off here? And, uh, and, and I, I, John and I were like, well, we've been here all day. 
alarm's been off since this morning. And I realized he was talking about the children's building next door. An alarm was going off in the children's building next door. We, we didn't know we were in here. But I just thought to myself, here's the thing. J.K. and I were exactly where we were supposed to be doing exactly what we were supposed to do. And therefore, when the lawman showed up, we didn't panic. We had peace. We were like, well, obviously, when, when the police officer showed up, we had done nothing. We were perfectly, and so we were at peace. I just began reflecting on that. Think about the opposite. What if we were robbing the place? What if we were doing something we weren't supposed to do and a police officer showed up? What would have been our reaction? We would have taken off. But because our souls were at peace, because we were where we were supposed to be, we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, we were fine. We did not worry about the lawman showing up. And that's exactly the kind of peace that God gives when you follow his word. You know, when you, live, when you love the word of God and you live according to it, you're not looking over your shoulder. You're not wondering when you're going to get caught. You can sleep at night. And, and this, over the course of a lifetime, is the greatest blessing you will ever have. It is truly said, there is no rest for the wicked. There is no rest for the wicked. When you are in disobedience to God's word, when you are doing things you're not supposed to be doing, you never rest. When you are telling lies, you always have to be sharp because you have to remember what you've said. The peace that God gives when you follow and love his word is you are free of all of that for life. You talk about a blessing. I don't know about you ladies, but us men, you know what we really want? We just want peace. We want peace and quiet, right men? Isn't that what we want? We don't really want anything else. We got a nothing box. That, and we're not, we're not, our minds aren't going and going. We want peace and quiet. Well, men, this is how you achieve peace. You love the word of God and you live according to it. And God blesses you with peace. His word says it right here. Great peace have those who love your law. If that is what you want, I start loving the word of God. And I would imagine that's the same for the ladies too. That's blessing. That's blessing. The one who loves the word of God will walk securely through life. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path in relationships, in finances, in marriage, in personal life, in honesty, all of these things that God calls us to, this is what brings us peace in this world. And as you guys, as we all go into 2020, I want to ask you, fall in love with the word of God. Begin to study it. Begin to treasure it. Begin to go to it. Let it be your guide. Let God speak to you through his word and begin to be blessed as God says he will. Um, I want to invite, well, the band, sort of the band, the staff, back up. And I want to, I want to close with this. Look at the, This is a picture of one of our founding fathers and second president, first vice president, John Adams. And this quote, he says this, Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be? If all we had was the Word of God, 
it would be enough. This is the man who started this country. John Adams was as, as essential to the founding of this nation as anyone else. And he looked at all, he was a lawyer. He looked at all the law books. He looked at the Constitution. He looked at everything. And he said, doesn't matter. If all we had was the Bible, it would be utopia and paradise. As a matter of fact, the full quote is as, is as follows. That's just a partial quote. The full quote says this. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member will be obliged and conscious to temperance and to frugality and industry, to justice and to kindness and charity towards their fellow men and piety and love and reverence toward Almighty God. In this commonwealth, no man would impair his health by gluttony, drunkenness, or lust. No man would sacrifice his most precious time to cards. They lived pretty, hot, pretty wild back then, cards. Or any trifling or mean amusement. No man would steal or lie or in any way defraud his neighbor, but would live in peace and goodwill with all men. No man would blaspheme his maker or profane his worship, but a rational and manly, a sincere and unaffected piety and devotion would reign in all hearts. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be. I don't know about you. I don't know if I can affect this entire nation, but you know what I can do? I can affect my home. What if I was to say, in this home, in the Kibler home, we will have nothing but God's word and we will live according to it? You think all those things that John Adams said would happen in my home? Absolutely. What if you were to do that and say, in this home, we will have nothing but God's word? We will live by it. We will act by it. We will do what it says. We will, do, we will avoid what it says not to do. Imagine what a paradise, what a utopia your home would be. God blesses those who love the word of God. Those who love God's word will walk securely through life. I want to invite you to rise. And let's close out 2019, this amazing year with this song about the goodness of God.